0: everyone and welcome to one control poor podcast episode 272 i'm benjamin yoder here today to talk to you about video games we're gonna have a tiny little xenoblade Chronicles segment very tiny i don't want to keep it long we have talked a lot about xenoblade chronicles so i don't want to get into it that much i want to just get to the video for that and just be done with it that way uh we've got kirby dream buffet um that i'm going to talk about this week as well and then we have a couple of re-releases here and uh some other stuff as well some other smaller things nothing nothing too huge um so yeah anyways I I don't know if that's smart but it probably is good to like tell you what we're gonna talk about in this episode especially with like how weird my topics end up being like all over the place so it's like it's probably is good to know what you're getting into <laughs> but anyways Xenoblade Chronicles I think as of last week and I'm not going to spoilers or anything like that just just so you know but I think as of last week I'd beaten the video game um and then uh what i did over the weekend after the podcast came out because i recorded on a friday i recorded on a friday today hey turns out when you don't have a nine to five job you can record a podcast whenever you want <laughs> um, so so right now i'm recording on a friday i will not be here on a saturday though so there's there's the other incentive there is that i will be out of town uh, uh gonna go see my grandma 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 me Grandma, um, And uh, anyways, uh, that aside, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, so I basically played like another, I think, 15 to 20 hours of it since then. Um, and the, the, my main goal was to finish... The side content, the major side content. Um, I or at least I believe I finished all the major side content. It's kind of hard to say. It's really early in like the release schedule. I didn't go digging on websites of like what's the most important quests. Uh, I just kind of did whatever seemed most important from the game itself. You know, basically the hero quests are the big thing. So these are like your extra companion co- party companions can get outside of your standard party. They have their own story quests, basically like a, a, a introduction quest, an in-between quest chain, and then a final quest kind of thing, as far as I can tell. And so I went out of my way to do those, and, and the one thing I c- think I could say is like, hey, if you're playing by Chronicles three right now, and you're trying to like maybe round out the experience as best you can, I personally might say for those hero quests, try to space them out throughout the game itself, and tr- don't try to do them all at the end because um the hero quests, a lot of the heroes are in a lot of very similar situations although under different conditions. So there's definitely variety between them and each character behaves differently and reacts differently and their dynamics with their issues are different. Like there's variety there, but the core problem, and I feel like the, the the antagonist of each often fit into very similar roles. So at some point (laughs) you, you see like the antagonist of their story, give a speech and you're just like, okay. This is the same thing every other antagonist in this category of antagonists has has said, and I'm just kind of ready for this to be done. <laughs> so I, I honestly towards some of them, I was just like, I'm just going to scroll through Twitter while they just sit there and talk about, um, you know, how how evil I am, but like how I'm not evil because this is how I like things to go kind of thing. So um, anyways, so uh, yeah, it's just a little samey there. But overall, I think the hero content is definitely worth going out of your way to do. I just think I would have preferred to have spread it out throughout the game better. Better. Um, although I will say some of them are kind of hard to, um, you know, find exactly where you need to go for some of them uh, not all of them a lot of them they will pop up and they'll be pretty obvious uh, where you need to go but um some of them uh you just kind of like oh i guess here's this random room that the game never really takes you to at any other point in the game i mean it, technically you may have been able to get into it but it's not not clear that it's a room you can go into and that activates a story cutscene for two characters <laughs> so, so you're like okay um so i had to look up some stuff and so like part, part of me is like hey you should look it up but i will also warn that there are some post-game characters you can have that are spoilers. So, um, a little bit of a forewarning there to be careful if you go on the internet and try to to look up those deets. But, anyways, I think it was fine. Um, it definitely was a lot more accessible than the past Xenoblade game side content. I gave up on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, you know, uh, look, salute to all y'all. All y'all? I guess I've seen mean all y'all now. I, I've never said y'all. <laughs> all y'all um, um, who pulled Cosmos and did her side quest because, uh, Jesus Christ, I, I will never get Cosmos and Xenoblade Chronicles and I'm I'm okay living with that so anyway so that was pretty much the only thing about Xenoblade Chronicles itself um, I am working on that video still. I think I talked about it last week. But basically, I'm really trying to drive a fine line between I don't want to review this game in its entirety. I just don't think my time's worth that right now for that. Um, and I and I, there's plenty of other reviews. And I think what I would say in a review is going to be 99% the same as what other people say. I'm focusing on the things that I think would be the more distinct things I have to say about that game. The, the trouble in doing that, though, I will say is that I, I think my assumption it, when I'm writing this is that I'm talking to somebody who's familiar with Xenoid Chronicles. Um, I don't think they necessarily have to be, um, you know, have played them all or anything, but they need some idea of what Xenoid Chronicles is, I think. Um, and I try to go out my way to explain if I'm going to make like a point about Xenoid Chronicles and like reference another game in the series. I do try to explain that point a bit, but it is also a like, I don't want to sit there and like spend half the video talking about how something worked in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 specifically, right? I'm trying to just give you the core details and move on. Um, So I'm a little worried that it's going to be a little bit of a narrow audience in terms of who I'm talking to. I'm trying to, you know, make sure that anything that I feel is maybe a little too narrow, I expand out a little bit and make it so it's a little easier to understand um, if I'm successful or not, it's a whole other thing. Um, I also ended up with like a lot of weird humor in the video as well. I don't know if I'll keep that or not. I don't I don't know how I feel about humor in my videos sometimes. Like sometimes I like doing it, sometimes I don't. And it's very inconsistent. Um, at least since the skit days of like Rodea the Sky Soldier Review, right? It, 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 we're in a very different era of my YouTube videos. Um, although I, I, I think I went a little too hard in the um, Animal Crossing City, not City Folk. Uh, what is that? The City Folk Review is a nightmare, but it's like a fun nightmare at least. Um, uh, Let me think. What is that game called? Amiibo Festival. The Amiibo Festival, I think the humor in there is not particularly great. Um, I I understand. It was good humor for me and like referencing specific things for me. Um, But unless you know like the one controller port lore of the Kirby Air Ride video, it probably is just like, what are you even talking about? So, So, yeah. Anyways, um so that that stuff aside i i just trying to you know make sure i i have that that voice as open as possible with that um and we'll see how it goes i really wanted to get this done by the end of the month i just don't think it's going to happen um i'm debating basically i'm at a turning point right now one I can focus on it and try to get it done um, and probably very likely fail to get it done for the end of the month. And then, uh, because I'm trying to do this like two release week schedule, I would be able to put out like a smaller video, like a, you know, probably like the Wii game commercials videos, but for 2008 rather than 2006, 2007, um, I, I would rather have a more regular video though, because we've already had two of those kind of videos come up. And the other video is the Doraemon video. And that is, mm, that is pretty much almost done. So um, that I could probably slip in there without too much trouble. Um, I just got to actually edit the footage together and, and it's a shorter video too. So, so I might, might deviate from the Xenoblade video for now just because I don't think it will actually happen in time. So it doesn't really matter if I work on something else first, in my opinion, that's what I feel. So, Anyways, um, and then last thing here about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, sales, uh, the top the NPD is the best-selling Switch game. I think it got to, like, number five or six or something like that, uh, as a whole, but the big thing is that it is the best-selling Switch game this month. And then on the, uh, EU, uh, GSD, I've actually never heard of GSD before. Maybe I'm just not good at European sales. I feel like Europe usually has, like, sales broken up by region, like French and UK and whatever, whatever. So, uh, but this GSD thing, at least on go Nintendo claims is your general European sales. So take what you will about that. Uh, but it became, it was number two on the switch chart, um, right below Nintendo switch sports. Um, uh, and then number, number seven on the chart as a whole kind of thing. So, um, obviously, you know, uh, Nintendo Switch Sports is obviously going to sell a lot more units in its lifetime. Um, but you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you know, it's good to see it get up to where it is, um, in the first month at least. And, uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I, suspect it will sell better than Xenoblade Chronicles 2. If you don't know, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 sold about 2 million units. Um, I believe Definitive Edition was around like 1.4 million or something like that, or, or some like 1.5 million-ish range, I think so um you know i think it will probably sell more than two million units personally i mean what what i what do i know i'm not an analyst but just with how it's being received and how it's performing on sales charts and generally doing better than Xenoblade chronicles 2 um i think it will i think it will reach you know probably i would say maybe like shift the other way like like you know it, the difference between like Xenoblade chronicles definitive edition and 2 shifted the other direction so maybe like 2.5 um so good on you monolith soft good on making that making that moolah making that moolah now now we can make the disaster day of crisis too that we always wanted to the joy cons are there we can still waggle those controllers <laughs> so so yeah um so that aside a uh, very other very exciting thing this week for me though kirby dream buffet Boy. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, you probably noticed I'm a tiny head on a cake. You can probably guess why because I'm I'm a little Kirby boy on this cake. Um, and and uh yeah, I was very excited about this game. If you don't know why, I'm a big fan of uh Nintendo racing games that are not Mario Kart. I think they are really cool. Obviously, how laboratory made this, but you know, Nintendo polished ones, right? So, um I kind of view, you know, this might be bias from my part of being 13 at the time, right? I kind of view uh the GameCube era of Nintendo racing games to be uh kind of the golden age I I wrap Excite tr- Truck in there because you know it was generally around that time like okay Excite Truck can get in here too you can get in on the party um I like that era there's a lot of really diverse Nintendo published racing games for the GameCube and we just do not have that anymore for good reason Mario Kart sells incredibly well and why make competition for Mario Kart when you could just make more content for Mario Kart and sell it um you know that that is my view of it at least um um, but I would, I would love to have like a new wave race or something like that. Right. I just don't think a new wave race would sell, but personally I'd be all in on that. Um, so anyways, uh, so dream buffet came out and this is the, basically the little cake racing game. you Kirby running around on, or not running around, rolling around. You're a ball Kirby. We're back in Kirby cur- canvas curse territory. Oh, he has limbs. So this is not, this is not part of the Kirby canvas curse, curse lore. I guess, I mean, he has limbs in Canada's curse too, just not, I mean, he's, I believe he is cursed, therefore he has no limbs, (laughs) he is not cursed in Dream Buffet, he's just tiny and hungry, um, so basically the game is, you know, you're racing through these tracks, um, and you basically collect strawberries as you go through these races. And, and beforehand, when they were talking about this game, they were talking about like the three different modes, like the mini game mode, the battle royale mode, and then there's the racing mode. I, I had thought that they were like breaking these up, like you match make into different ones, but no, these are all actually combined into one. So basically you go through the race with Kirby, you eat your little snacks and stuff racing against other Kirbys. Um, and then in the next section, you'll play a mini game where you get, go and collect more strawberries, um. Um, and then you go back to another race. Again, all these are collecting strawberries during them. And, but then the final one is like a battle royale mode where basically battle royale, not battle royale in the sense of like 100 Kirby's drop onto a mountain. Um, it is a uh, battle royale in the sense of there are four, four Kirby's on this ring and you basically have to knock each other off in like a very Smash Bros kind of style um, to get their, their strawberries. So it's like your last attempt effort to take strawberries from other players. Um, so it's actually really cool and its variety, not only in terms of, you know, those different phases, but also I would say, um, parts of the course design and strategy as well um personally the race course part is my favorite part of this game um basically you know you roll forward just using the analog stick and then you have a jump that's kind of the big thing you can pick up item boxes and it will either have additional strawberries inside or you'll get power up some of them are speed boosts most of them will boost your speed in some way i will say um but then also they have ones that will like hit enemies to the side or it will help you like you know the slide through these cracker pieces that you can basically if you turn like a jelly you slide like through like crackers and stuff like that i can block your way um and and things like that so it's like a variety of different abilities i saw like there's there's like a free roam mode where you can like practice with different items there's some more items that i've never seen show up in a race i don't know if it has something to do with like your rank because you do unlock stuff through ranking up essentially so i don't know if like you only can use those items in a race once you get to a certain rank although i've never seen other players use those items either so i don't know but there's some items i haven't seen really um that's really the point i'm trying to make um, but anyway, so you can go, and so it's very like traditional Mario Kart in that, 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 that fashion. Um, how are the, kind of the distinct things about it? are um a it is very excite truck in that like the number of strawberries you have at the end are are what's important essentially so when you are racing you know you do want to get to the goal and be the first one there because you get like a uh 50 strawberry bonus there and then second place gets a 20 strawberry bonus and third place gets a 10 strawberry bonus um so you do still want to be the first one there but you know it is also very important that you collect strawberries on the way too and and interact with the course in different ways um and and it's 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 kind of interesting because there's these weird roadblocks they set up in between parts of the course as well so it's not always like one player can get in front and then they're just like in front there are these actual walls that kind of stop you from going too fast and you'll have to break through them by slamming your kirby into them and you get some powers that let you go over those walls i will say there's some shortcuts that will also let you go over those walls um if you're if you're playing right um so there are situations where you can avoid those walls, but most of the time you're going to have to break through them. So it kind of makes this interesting point where like you're racing through a part of the track and everybody's like in their different positions. Right. But at some point you basically are essentially reset. Now, now the wall can break and and go and people who are there can go and you will be left behind if you're not there yet. So there's definitely an urgency to get there, but there is like a feeling of like, oh, if I go and just break the wall on my own, I'm only losing time because everybody else will be there too. So you can kind of go and like, if there are things to do around the wall, like collect more strawberries or kill enemies or break these little cracker pieces, um, you can go do that. And so you can go spend your time doing these other things before other players get there. Now you got to kind of weigh, you know, of like, how far ahead am I? If I'm far enough ahead, then maybe it makes sense to break the wall on my own and keep going. So I maintain that lead. But if you aren't, then it, it might make sense to just go do the thing because everybody's going to be caught up with you anyway. So you might as well build out your resources while you're there before you get, before, you know, you break through the wall finally and go kind of thing. Um, And then, so part of this game as well is it has like a Mario party kind of aspect to it where, um, you know, you have bonus stars at the end of Mario party. So there are certain bonus um, achievements you get at the end of of an entire set of uh, events and things like that. And, um, At the end of those events, basically, it's like, hey, who ate the most blueberries? And blueberries are basically just reskinned strawberries, but they're they're kind of little pieces on the course you can eat. Who ate the most cherries? Who killed the most enemies? Who used the most copy abilities? And they're randomized. So you can't really tell. And that's kind of the one thing I'm a little iffy on because, like, it's a little hard to figure out, you know what the best approach is to finish like to to, like what is the balance between you know uh trying to bet on these other bonuses and then trying to you know bet on the surefire getting all the strawberries kind of thing and it's just like a balance you think you have to find but i think that's one thing i liked about excite truck is that like all those ways were legitimate paths to beating the game, where, or to, to winning, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna, like, even though this is maybe not the best choice for me in terms of speed and things like that, I'm gonna drive through all these trees, because it's gonna give me a ton of bonus points, because I'm driving by a bunch of trees, and as long as I don't crash, I get all the, the points, right? You know, like, it wasn't like a random chance that you would get, like, a, a bonus star points based off the number of trees you passed by. So I, I think, you know, I wish that was less of a dice roll, and more of a guaranteed thing of, like, hey, here's some extra points points if you do these things because then it would make it so it would be a reliable way to succeed I feel like and so it would encourage you to diversify a little bit more at this point it kind of feels like hey either you need to be like, you just need to find the things that are going to not waste any time. I think is usually the thing. And then go and do it. that Like go and do that. So if, like, if you're again, waiting at one of those walls and there's enemies there, go kill them. Just get it out of the way. So you can, you know, get plus two to your enemy kill counter or something like that. Right. So, so the racing part of the game is definitely the most interesting. Oh, and the physics of this game too. is a little, it's a little weird. I will say like, um, sometimes I have a really hard time telling what surfaces slow Kirby down and which ones speed him up. Um, something like the, 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 the like I don't know glazed kind of candy that stuff like makes them slip around that's a little easier to tell but sometimes it's a little hard to tell tell what surfaces give you like what speed so I have a hard time figuring out you know which surface I want to be on however one thing that is cool is that your velocity from falling down a hill is maintained through a jump so you can find little like slants in the stage where it slants down a little bit and you can use that slant to build speed and then carry that speed through a jump so like if there's like a stack of pancakes if you just roll up roll over it then you don't like go i mean you do go faster on your way down but if you roll up and then roll down and then jump it gets you um you know to go quite a bit further with that so there's a lot of like little optimizations you can do in that there's some optimizations in terms of like the copy abilities and like there's like these i guess like syrup walls you can slide or roll up and um you kind of go pretty slowly up but if you knock a player off the syrup walls with using like a power it knocks them back down to the bottom so you can kind of like hold certain abilities and then use them on the walls to kind of knock everyone back down so they're at more of a disadvantage than if you just hit them when they're like you know racing around normally so um, but yeah, so I think that that part of the game's really cool. Um, I, I'm really happy with the variety of the game. I think the speed is just a little too slow at times when it comes to the racing aspect. Um, but I think it works given the level design to some degree. I, I just think I don't really get like a lot of, like, I feel like when I'm rolling down hills and stuff, that's more of the speed. I feel like I want the game to be going consistently, Sometimes it just feels like it's a little slow, um, and 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 your speed does go up as you collect more strawberries and get bigger. I will say so, um, but yeah. So you go through that course, and then you know you play the mini game after that, where you basically collect more strawberries. There's like variations on it, but it's ultimately just rolling around an arena, collecting strawberries, do another race, and then you go to the final section. You do a battle royale, use all the copy abilities, try to knock people, each other. Off the uh, the stage, and then more strawberries drop there as well. So there's a lot of opportunities for you as the player to make up ground. If you're in fourth place, by the time you do that last battle royale, you are definitely not out. You can go and like you know smack people off the stage like crazy and just steal all their strawberries. That also means that you can be in first place and then be destroyed in the last part, and that can be like a frustrating thing. I, I played this game for like multiple hours, and I don't think I won a single round, even though frequently I was in first place when we got to the end um, because of things like you know the bonus points and the battle royale mode at the end but i think that's just a part of the game it's, it's just kind of um um built into the, how it works and and again i i i Part of me wishes there's a little more strategic with some of those elements, but I don't think it's, like, a bad thing that it's, like, randomized. And I think, given that it's Nintendo, you know, kind of friendly, you know, Kirby's a kid-friendly franchise, generally, you know, aimed towards beginners, it makes a lot of sense, honestly, that they they do it that way, in my opinion. So, I'm not, I, I can't be too too disappointed by it. I, I'm just glad we got something that's not a Mario Kart game. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. I, I think the one other thing I do want to say is that course design this game i wish it was a little more distinct and you know this is like a 15 dollars download so you know I, you can't expect too much kind of thing but um i i feel like the the courses while they're they're different and they're different like foods because you're all these giant cakes and stuff but it can be like hey you're on giant hamburgers and stuff like that. there's like a bunch of different food items Aesthetically they all feel very similar and world design wise they also feel very similar to so like the, how you navigate the courses and things like that. And I kind of wish there's just a bit more variety and there's a bit more of a way to tell. Most of the time I can't really tell what course I'm on until I'm at like a section that I remember. I'm like, "Oh, yes, this section." Like I feel like I'm just kind of, you know, t- handling stuff bit by bit rather than like making a plan for a larger course you know I would never be able to sit there and be like oh yeah at the end of this course this thing happens there's just not enough visual variety to to guarantee that for me and I think that that would be helpful when it comes to like you know the more the more random elements like I know there's like there's like one course where there's like 20 crackers at the end I'm just like I don't need to go worry about the crackers as long as I break all 20 crackers as I go to the end itself then cool 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 I win the cracker reward if I want to. So, so I, I think that part is maybe at least a little to be desired, but it's very, very cute. Very, very good looking game. It, it looks great. Um, there are like little costumes you unlock playing online or really any mode you can play, you unlock points and you get little, uh, colors for Kirby. I mean, they're very simple. They're colors. And then there's like a hat, but the hat can sometimes be a larger costume. Um, but you know, there's, there's enough variety to, to, to combat, combine the color and the hat to basically um you know add some diversity to 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 how your kirby looks i am personally a fan of the waddle d bandana with the strawberry kirby with the red body and the green feet <laughs> so um but i'm like level 35 or something like that at this point and i think there's like 132 ranks as, as a whole there's like a skill level as well um i don't really know what that skill level means at this point like what's a good skill level what's a bad skill level i did notice that in some cases like i would lose points even though i came second place so it might also be based off like the other player's skill level whether or not you gain or lose points so i wasn't really quite sure what was going on with that um but yeah it is very much focused on this aspect of the game like there's not like a like there is a grand prix mode but it's the same thing basically and stuff like that or single race mode you know so so don't go in expecting like there's like some you know story mode or something you can work with with that um i will say that like uh, to some degree it does feel a little underwhelming overall I don't really know why. I think it might come down to the speed aspect, the the randomization aspect. But like, I'm just glad we got anything that's not Mario Kart. That's kind of how I feel. And I'm very, I, I like this game a lot. So I plan to play it more. I don't know if I'll reach max rank or anything like that. Um, Oh, and there's like one last thing. This is a very important detail. When you are racing on the D-pad, unfortunately, it's not very reachable. You got to reassign the buttons if you want to make them more reachable. Um, You can do a little like, uh, I don't know if taunts is the right word because they're not really taunts. It's Kirby we're talking about here. So like if you press up on the D-pad, he goes, hey, and then you press down, he goes, hi. And then if like left, he goes, yay and he's like wiggling around and then right he like makes a little like scared or like shocked face or whatever and you can do it basically at any time so i like going rolling around the lobbies and like just going hey in people's faces all the time surprisingly i'm surprised how few people will hey back at you so many people will just ignore you and i'm just like don't we're cute curvy. it's just hey hey back at me hey buddy hey back so um anyways I'm just so glad we got something that's like a, a different uh, racing game from Nintendo though. Would love to see more racing games from Nintendo. I, I don't know if we'll ever get one, but um. oh, one thing I did want to talk about sometimes I, it's been a while. I think like fire force the last time we did this, but like there's a, sometimes like there'll be like an anime. And I look at the anime like, I do not want to watch this. However, if it were a video game, I'd be all about that. Um, And uh, there's an anime that I think it just finished airing or maybe it aired a while ago um, called Skate the Infinity. It's a skateboarding anime kind of thing. I'd be all into that. Make a make a Skate the Infinity video game, please. I mean not mobile game, please, but <laughs> make something for console. Make it like Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam. I have not played through that game. I really should do that before I start demanding anime Tony Hawk Downhill Jam. Although a lot of the characters in Tony Hawk Downhill Jam sure are uh, characters. So <laughs> um, but yeah, I would I would be into that. And the reason it popped up is because it showed up on my news feed as like I think season two is coming out for it or whatever. Again, I don't know anything about skate the infinity. I hope whatever they do, would it be like a mobile game? Because I don't trust mobile games to be, you know, uh, I don't want to say good. I, I just, they will not fit into my life. Let's leave it at that. Because I know that they're going to be live games. They want me to log in every day. I don't want that with that. I just want to play your skateboarding anime video game. Give me all you can. So Skate the Infinity, Tony Hawk, downhill Jam. Give it to me. I desperately need to play Tony Hawk, downhill Jam at some point someday. So that's pretty much it in terms of what I played this week. There's a couple things I did want to talk about on the side. One is that I was thinking about like game storage again. Um, I'm not at the point where I really need to worry about it yet again, because my shelves are generally open. The last time I did like not a purge is not the right word reorganization. I moved some stuff. Um, And so some things I made a lot more shelf space in my main room that I keep the games that I am actively planning on playing someday. Um, You know, quote actively played games. I have not finished. Let's put it that way because, because some of those are like, will I ever play Moto GP for the Xbox? Probably not. (laughs) So, um, but it's there just in case I'm ready to Moto GP at any point. (laughs) Anyways. So, um, but I was thinking about that again recently and I was talking to a friend about it and like kind of my desire with storing video games is I think these days I don't care about shelves anymore. Like, I don't want to like sit there and show off my games that much. I just need games to be accessible. I think that's the big thing for me. I just want my games to be available for me to go. And midstream, we're going to go grab MotoGP off the shelf. And we're going to go get a high rank time trial score motorcycle. I think, does MotoGP has Klonoa cl- in it? It might have Klonoa in it. We're going to go unlock Klonoa. I think it might be the sequel or something like that. But We're going to go unlock Klonoa and MotoGP. Um, and I want to be able to do that at any time. Um, of my life. Uh, but, um, so I, like, don't really want things to be out that much, but I do want it to be accessible. And just the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm just like, it's probably just shelves. It probably is just shelves. That's probably the answer. Um, there are shelves that like open and close on themselves. I have a smaller one that I used for the last uh, place I was staying because there were security concerns. So I wanted to lock the, the case and stuff because I brought like my most expensive games with me when I moved out here rather than anything else. Just because I wanted to make sure they were, you know, safe. Um... And I uh, could get that. But I feel like the problem I had with that thing was that like when you open it up, it's like not accessible to like like it gets in the way of other things. So like you have to keep in mind where the door opening is, because if you like put a bunch of those side by side, they don't really open properly. So it doesn't really save space, in my opinion, when you do that. So anyways, uh, I have no real solution, but I think I might just have to succumb to more shelves, which I really don't like but i don't know anyways give me your thoughts give me your give me your thoughts and feelings i guess i don't know we've talked about this before so i'm gonna guess nobody feels anything although uh sakurai guy who works on uh smash brothers series he actually uh did a posted a a, a picture he, he always posts pictures of his like uh, like entertainment system setup um he he previously had like a one that went under his tv that had consoles laid out on it but he he has like this big tall vertical one now that I actually liked quite a bit but he had it custom made so uh, no way i'm getting that it's all just consoles too i don't know where he keeps his game actually i think he's posted pictures about him how he keeps his games before maybe i should go back and look at that because like he does not seem like he has a ton of space and he keeps he a pretty clean living space it seems like so that, there's that as well so anyways game storage um and before we get into the patreon stuff <laughs> i did think it was, was maybe worth addressing something um recently because i don't know how apparent this is or is not Um, and I just think it's worth letting you guys know where my mind is at with this kind of thing. Um, so YouTube, right? That is what I do. That's the thing I, I focus on and build and been doing for a very long time. Um, and I think recently, um, if, if it has not been obvious, I think I've been a little more like proactive and trying to push parts of the YouTube and things like that and, and get more traction on it. Um, and I will say, as somebody who is working on that stuff, it can be very frustrating because you're like, uh, okay, well, th- all the things I did did not result in anything happening kind of thing, right? Um, and some things I just know that nothing's happening, but it's, I, I try it anyways because I f- feel like I'm like, I got to. Um <laughs> And so, like, if I seem down about that stuff and complaining about it, like, I just want to be very clear that, yes, it is something that I worry about to some degree. Um, I think it's just a particular time in my life right now because I am in between, like, you know, full-time employment. I'm doing contract work right now. I uh, did finally start technical writing courses, thankfully. Thank God. Um, and then, and also just, like, you know, uh, um, also getting older and having a lot of people tell me things over the years of just, like, you should, like probably at this point if you want to get into certain things of your life you should try to do it now kind of thing um because you know when you're 32 you're you know i'm not saying that's the end of the road right like jared petty or something like that at ign i think he got into there like late 40s something like that so like there's not you can do stuff but but i think it is just like a hey if you want to like live your life you should try to live your life um kind of thing. So, um, you know, I'm not sitting there saying that like I'm betting it all big on YouTube or something like that. Um, but I have been thinking about that because I do think there are a lot of things that I sacrifice because of the YouTube. And I think there's a good chance in the future that one day I will need to look at myself in the mirror and say like, will I continue to sacrifice all this for YouTube kind of thing? Right. <laughs> um, so, um, I think there's just been a little frustration on my part on that. So I, I'm sorry if I come off as like, overly um annoying about that recently i I think i've just been a little drained about it as as well so i just want to let you know um again if i if you like shared my stuff and i still like seem distraught about (laughs) not going anywhere i do super appreciate you sharing it um i think the buddy mission bond video did very well because people shared it early on which was really great um so i do really appreciate that um and uh you know i don't think it's really going to affect um there there are some things that it's going to affect like hey the, the the frequency of content and things like that but like i also feel like when it comes to frequency of content i'm trying to make sure the frequency of content makes sense um or i don't want to you know go crazy on certain things so anyways I just want to make sure in case you guys are like, Ben, Ben is like falling apart over there because he can't figure out the YouTube thing and he's like frustrated. I (laughs) like the answer is yes, I am. But also it's not something to be that worried about, I think, um, or anything like that. Um, will someday come where I have to say, okay, you know, I'm halting 70% of what's going on the YouTube possibly. Um, I think, I mean, someday I will die. So that all everything, right? Unless <laughs> you get, like, AI, Ben, to generate Buddy, Mission, Bond videos every day. <laughs> but but I just wanted to, you know, note that in case it came off that way. Um, also, I do feel bad because, like, I have had people reach out to me recently that are like, wow, you make really good videos. <laughs> and And, like you're going to take off soon, buddy. And I, and I do appreciate that too. Although part of me is just like, I feel like I've been hearing that for years and just like nothing has changed, but that is not me taking out that frustration on you. It is me being kind of like, I think, I think I'm somebody who does not expect much out of life when it comes to those kind of things, because I know I don't have it kind of thing. I like, I had a lot of periods of my life where like For example, I was promised like certain amounts of money for college and then, you know, getting there and not really having that money, um, stuff like that. And so I think I think I became very conservative in what I expect out of life um, in in that regard. So I uh, do not assume that will be something that will happen. Uh, But I do really appreciate the comments and I do like I thank you anybody who thinks that like it's good enough for me to, you know, do something with. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe one day the YouTube algorithm will, uh, appreciate me, love and appreciate me. Um, for now though, go and, you know, support, support other people and I guess support me too. I mean, you're here already, so I assume you're supporting me if you're here already, but are you supporting me with money? Patreon? No. (laughs) Dude, you don't have to, you know, if you, if it makes you feel, if you ever like Ben, I feel guilty about not supporting you on Patreon, just know, I, I think I do not have a single person that I have subscribed on patreon right now that, that I subscribe on patreon too I should say um, so you know don't feel too bad about it so I, I I my consumption of media has been very bizarre in recent years so it's really hard for me to just like dedicate money to one person that I'm like I don't know if I necessarily want to like like get content super often and I assume. You guys feel the same about me to some degree, right? <laughs> I already put out enough garbage every week, probably. That I think that's probably enough, more than enough for most people. But um, um although I I am still on the simple flips, train really hard. It's really weird. I I do not understand why I return to simple flips. Why that still happens? It's, you would think at this point, as who, the person I am. I wouldn't have a lot of interest in Mario Maker 2 videos, but, uh, I guess my, my peon neuron brain, what is it called? Neuron activated? You see the Mario Maker 2 neuron activated? I don't know. Um, brain is, uh, going. Anyways, Patreon, that's what we were talking about. Uh, hey, did you know you can get bonus content on Patreon? What kind of bonus content, Ben? Well, if you go on Patreon this week, you will get a video or give me five dollars first give me five dollars uh, for five dollars uh you get bonus content um and this week we have uh the near automata automata Automata. i think it's automata i don't i can't always forget there's some games that i i never like trails of the sky trials of the sky i don't know Every single time, I don't know which one it is. Tohu, Tohu, Tohu. <laughs> um, uh, but Nier uh, Automata, I did a video. This is back when the church thing was going on. And I do mention that church thing in there, not knowing that it was a mod kind of thing. But more importantly, it is me re rereading re- 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 my old review and uh, kind of talking about it a little bit. I was kind of hoping that I would um, maybe come away from that game being a lot more positive. I don't necessarily think i get there. However, I am pretty dang hard on the review itself. I, this is probably like the reason why I don't want to do a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 review is that I sit there and go like, oh, most of this review is like by the numbers. Here's how the video game works. Here's the general things you got to say about it kind of thing. And I try to avoid that these days. Um, Unless you need it, right? I need to tell you what Buddy Mission Bond is because who like, like, People know what Buddy Mission Bond is, but, like, nobody really knows super deep what it is, right? Or, it's not that nobody knows, but very... You know what I'm trying to say. I I should explain this video game to you because it's not, like, super clear. Where I think everyone knows what Nier Automata is, and there's, like, 30 billion reviews you can go read. Where, like, I'm, like, one of two reviews of Buddy Mission Bond in English on the internet. And, uh, and, uh, I I think the other review only goes, like, chapter three or something like that, so... Um, so that video is up there for the article reading. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, um, on near automata, if you want to go down the near hole yet again, there you go. There's the place for you to do that, I suppose, buddy. Um, and then I think the the next two weeks out, I think we have the buddy mission bond cups that are going to show up and I'm going to fill those up with soda. I mean, I already did this, but fill those up with soda and make myself sick, um, is what happened. So. Congratulations. Um, Anyways, um, I forgot to thank people, though, that that were uh, subscribed to Patreon already. So Henry Dagger, thank you so much. Jillian, thank you so much. Paul Daniel, discreet. The Holy, I was going to say Holy Trinity, but that's four. So Holy Quadrility. Um, If you do subscribe to the Patreon, you can also subscribe or ask a question during the Patreon. I feel a little guilty because I feel like recently have not had a lot of, uh, deep answers for the patreon questions but uh, unfortunately i think this might be fairly similar we'll see where things go uh, but jillian asked the question and it was thoughts on physical strategy guides actually i don't know other physical strategy guides today i imagine not also i say strategy weird don't worry about it everyone complains it's like footage everyone complains i say footage weird it's all right <laughs> i'll live i'll live I- i'll fix my speech impediments one day um anyways (laughs) um yeah so physical strategy like the last time i really thought about well let me let me say this when i think of physical strategy guides the thing that always jumps out to me was when live games were first starting to happen and then there were still physical strategy guides coming out so final fantasy 11 So for all you Final Fantasy XI nerds out there, (laughs) um, I always think about how like the Prima strategy guide for that game would talk about how like, hey, if you're down like a tank class in your party, you can get a red mage to do a warrior sub job and provoke enemies. (laughs) And so because red mages can wear like mediumish armor, they can survive uh, tanking. Um, which, you know, later on down the line, like, Red Mages are a very versatile class. Um, but, you know, maybe for the era of Final Fantasy XI that they're talking about, um, it probably would have been very difficult to tank in a party, at least. Um, there are survivability things that tank, that Red Mages can do, um, in terms of, like, sleeping enemies, paralyzing them, binding them, and, like, keeping them away from them, and, and stuff like that. Um, But they weren't really like, hey, I'm going to be the party tank person now. Um, I always wanted Red Mages to be that. I always wanted Red Mages to be like that melee cat. Well, not a tank per se, but the melee magic casting class. But they just weren't really that. They really were a more standard traditional magic class in that game with different spells that were specifically good for them. And then also a mix of black and white magic as well. I really wanted that melee aspect to be more important. Um, and it sounds like with Final Fantasy XIV, they did get there. If I went back to Final Fantasy XIV today and played it for a significant amount of time, I think Red Mage is something I would have liked to explore. I don't know if I'll go back to fourteen. I mean, uh, yeah. We won't go into Final Fantasy 14. Anyways, that was just one of those things that like I always, that always sticks in my mind of just, like, them recommending, hey, Red Mages can be tanked. And it's like, oh, buddy. <laughs> I mean, maybe under very specific situations. I mean, one nice thing about Final Fantasy XI, though, is that there is a lot of power for you to bend classes and stuff like that. Um, and, and with sub-jobs and, like... What was optimal for party play was very different from like what you could do on your own or what you could do with certain friends and different combinations. And, um, you know, I liked doing weird stuff that like, Hey, I'm going to be the paladin healer for this group. Does that make sense? Not really, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a tank and I'm going to heal. (laughs) <laughs> so, so it's just kind of a, a interesting dynamics you could do in that kind of game. So, um, I imagine like World of Warcraft are, are also had like physical prima guide stuff as well. So, I'd be curious to see like you know from a World of Warcraft fan what kind of weird things come out of that. Um, in terms of today, though, and, like what the importance of pre- like strategy guides are today, um, I think English ones usually aren't that interesting, to be honest with you. It's more the Japanese ones. The Japanese ones tend to have a lot of interesting art in them and stuff added in. So, um, you know, I think strategy guides are definitely worth importing from Japan. I'm sure there's some U.S. ones that are as well, but I feel like the the U.S. ones are less likely to have um, interesting art. Castlevania 64, a example of a game that does have really good art in there so um and I think most of those have been scanned and put online but like it's really interesting because you can actually see kind of like the the how the um what's it called uh like art style of that game uh quote developed I don't know if, if Castlevania 64 feels like a game that never really settled on an art style and eventually they're just like this is how the video game looks. And this is what we're doing. <laughs> so, and like none of the art really matched what the video game was looking like anyways. And like all the concept art like looks very different. And in weird ways, I just feel like they never really quite got there. So I wonder if like anything of that has to do with like the fact that like the director was like a programmer and stuff like that instead. Probably not. Probably just again, more video game fan fiction there for you. Video game development fan fiction. So anyways, thank you again for the Patreon. Thank you again for supporting me um, as I go on this journey through life and through everything else going on. Um, so speaking of things that are going to phase out though, we're in the new section. New section is not going to phase out. Um, but there is something that it will be phasing out. Did you know in Japan they have these things called arcades? Um Sega Gigo uh purchased up the Sega arcades uh in Akihabara. There was five buildings. I think before the Gigo bought them, they shut down one building already. Um so uh there was the 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 four four arcades left, I believe. Um and then another one will be shutting down, even it's under the Gigo brand already, but the, the one that's like right outside the train station. That's going to be shutting down in September, so rest in peace. I feel like that is one of those kind of, like, iconic things in anime and game where you come out of the Akihabara train station and then there's the Sega arcade there. So while it was previously labeled Gigo at the very least, um, it could still at least do it even if it was not Sega. Um, But now it seems like that will be replaced with something else. Who can say what exactly? But um, there you go, rest in peace. I'm kind of curious, like, obviously... I don't think arcades are particularly thriving here in the U.S. I mean, I don't know what that industry looks like. So do not take that as me saying like, yeah, looking at the financials of the arcade industry, um, you can tell that things are not going well. Uh, But in the U.S., I feel like they found their niche between, you know, being Dave and Busters. You have, you know, those kind of free play arcades and things like that. It's like these very specific areas which arcade like thrive and i'm curious if japan is really finding that kind of thing at all or not like i don't know how much like barcades are are there things there i remember um one of the atokadol people i posted some pictures of dave and busters i think was it dave and busters i don't i think it's dave and busters i posted some pictures of dave and busters and they're like what is going on there and so i like explained to them like oh well like at a dave and busters you could eat a bad food i didn't say it was bad but like you can border food you can get drinks and you can drink there and you can play arcade games and they're like oh you know if you're in Japan like this is what they're telling me they like you, you basically go drink first somewhere else And then you go to the arcade, but you can't, like, drink at the arcade or something like that, right? Um, So, it was, like, something that you would do separately from each other. So, they thought it was interesting that they were, like, combined into one. The true American experience, everything all in one place. (laughs) So, um, it it was interesting, um, but I I don't know, like, what options there are for, um, you know people to like for the for the arcade to 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 survive in japan right so uh, i'll be curious to see what happens obviously we're still kind of in this weird little thing with uh various you know little illnesses going around that are maybe maybe big deals i don't know (laughs) i don't really know like i feel like there's been a lot less messaging coming out about that stuff from both the government and media organizations so it's kind of hard to read like how important are these things and then you hear you start people being like these are very important things to worry about so (laughs) so i I don't know what the situation will be with that in japan and uh, and that's you know a very u.s centric view of that situation i don't know maybe japan's still heavily conveying the messages um needed for that so anyways rest in peace akihabara arcade building for sega giga Um, good news. Ace Angler, Fishing Spirits. We've been talking about this video game. It's the arcade fishing game. Um, the sequel to the arcade port of the... I don't know if that's the right way to put it. The there was a Fishing Spirits game on the Switch before um, that may have been pretty heavily based off the arcade game. I don't know 100% how much. Um, it's, I believe it's free to play this week, and I did not do it. So rest in peace. <laughs> um, um, but uh, Fishing Spirit, uh, Ace Angler Fishing Spirits is coming to the West. Uh, I do not believe they've said that there's going to be a physical release yet. It might be digital only. Um, so, but it is coming out. I think the day after the japanese release october 28th so admittedly there's been english versions of those games available before they're just through the asia region um but this is supposedly an official release in the the west and given how well that game sells i'm kind of surprised it did not sell or did not release here before but it was like an arcade hit i think in japan or at least seems to be that the, that's the case so uh maybe it didn't make as much sense to bring it out over here don't, don't have quite the name recognition um from there for that And then we have mostly old video games, although one thing in here is not necessarily old, but it's based off an old thing. Hey, Switch Online added Wave Race 64. Do you like Nintendo racing games? I do. I have not played Wave Race 64. I'm complaining about not enough uh, Nintendo racers yet. I have not played Wave Race 64. I should do that. Uh, I probably will not play it on Switch online. I did see, uh, I think Game Explain had a comparison video of the Switch, Wii U, and 64 version of those games running side by side. I think there's a Wii version as well. I do did not, did not think they included that. Um, and uh, yeah, Switch version looks great. It's really, really, really cleaned up and clear. Depends on how grody you like your 64 games to look. I think, but um, you know, generally, I think a 480p 64 game looks pretty good. It'd be nice if they started like getting those up to 1080 you know, internal resolution. I mean, obviously the actual signals like 720 or 1080 or whatever, but the um, it'd be nice if the actual re- rendering of the game was at a higher resolution or at least had options for that. Um, so I don't have a copy of WayRay64 still. I probably should. I'm not going to get Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass to play that game, though. Unfortunately, rest in peace. Um, I do currently have a normal Nintendo Switch Online account, but no 64 games with that, but that's OK. I'm okay playing it on a Grody 64 or something, figuring out something for that. Uh, But cool that that is back. You know, it hasn't been re-released before, or at least I don't think it's been re-released in any kind of major way. Uh, Mr. Gimmick is coming back. This is an NES uh, game that was kind of one of the early hidden gems for the system it came out i think in new zealand and in japan and that's it or something like that um anyway so uh it is coming to uh pc ps4 switch and xbox i think the switch version has a physical with like a special edition i don't know if they're doing like normal physical copies i don't know if it varies per region or whatever but yeah they are re-releasing that game uh people love that game especially for its music but it's actually really cool and complex from a gameplay perspective basically you're this little green guy who throws these little stars and you can jump on the stars and ride them too So, so like some really interesting things you can do from a movement perspective um i've always wanted to play mr gimmick will i end up playing mr gimmick Mm, we'll see i mean i I, there's a lot of things i would love to play that i do not have time to play unfortunately um what i did think was interesting though is like when i first saw this um i was not expecting it to be the nes version of the game um because that is what's on here or the famicom version whatever say i mean i think new zealand was nes but or whatever but um, i was not expecting to be that version of the game because there is something called Mr. Gimmick Exact Mix, and that is a arcade only thing in Japan. And I had assumed they would either release that or um, include it in there. Um, I do not see any mention that it's going to be coming out. Now, admittedly, uh, the Exact Mix, uh, you know, uh, thing is like part of a, I think, larger uh, arcade deal with another company that releases games in arcades. Um, and they, they do a lot of interesting things with that. Um, but I'm guessing it's probably exclusive to arcades and I'm guessing the arcade manufacturer was to keep it that way. So, uh, a little unfortunate that exact mix is not in there because it is like kind of a, uh, improved version of Mr. Gimmick, I believe, or at least I think visually they did a lot to the game. Um, it's been a little while since I looked at it. So maybe do not take that, uh, to a hundred percent. I'm looking at this and maybe it does not look that much better. So, uh, but anyways, I, I had assumed it would be that version of the game, but maybe who knows. I'm looking at these screenshots now, and I, in my mind, they like upgraded the visuals a lot. I don't know if it actually did. Maybe it didn't. Maybe I maybe I made up. I mean, it, Exact Mix is a thing in the arcade. So, anyways, good thing I didn't do any research for this podcast on Exact Mix, even though we've talked about it before. <laughs> but uh, it's like the uh, Arcadia systems, Ex Arcadia systems. If you want to look into it yourself, I'm sure I'll have a link for something for you too. If you guys want to look at that. Um, but anyways, that's very cool. That's coming back. Uh, that's coming later this year. I think they said winter is when that's coming. Uh, Sunsoft also said that they're doing a kind of a weird little thing. It kind of looks like a ROM hack more than anything else, although it, 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 it probably plays very differently in some ways. Uh, Iki, the uh, like farmland samurai, uh, not really farmland, farmland warrior game. I don't know. You're just a dude with like a spear from or like a hoe or something from, from working on a farm. And you go and I guess you're like, rebelling against the government or something i don't know i don't actually know what Iki is about i just know you're a bald farm man, bald farmland and uh and like a feudal japan kind of thing um anyway so they did like a they're releasing like a 16 player version of that on steam um th- uh, it looks like a mess on the, on the Steam page. Um, It looks like something like a fan threw together, but honestly, I'm, I'm happy it's there Um, and it just looks kind of neat. So I'm glad they're doing something like that. That's that's kind of a weird, fun thing. So always, I don't know if you'll be able to find 16 people to play that game like after day one, but you know, <laughs> good luck, I guess, <laughs> for that. And then uh, the last thing here is um, Shepherd's Crossing is coming back for Switch. I don't remember the Japanese. His name for this game, but there was a uh, series of, I guess you could say, I don't know if budget Harvest Moon is the right word, but Harvest Moon farm simulator like game. Um, I saw it originally on the PS2. I saw like my Best Buy had a bargain bin with them for one dollar, and there was like 40 copies in that bargain bin. And I unfortunately only bought a copy for my friend and not myself, so I'm Shepherd Crossing-less in my life. Uh, admittedly, I would have never played that game. It would be sitting on my shelf right now, so who really cares? Um, I believe there's like a DS version as well. I think there's been a couple of other re-releases. I think the franchise has had some presence in Japan. I, I just don't remember the Japanese name for it. But anyway, Shepherd Crossing is coming to Nintendo Switch, uh, and it's coming out in November. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the Japanese popularity of of Shepherd's Crossing. Maybe it's a big franchise, but like I think about some of these games that come back and was like no video game is safe. Like we're getting Shepherd's Crossing <laughs> remakes like like if we own a video game, we're going to resell it to you if we possibly can. Um obviously it'd be great if that was always the case in some degree. Um you know, everything being available to some degree. That's not actually true, but like I uh, I don't know part of me is like I would have never guessed that Shepherd's Crossing would get re-released but who can say I mean like you sometimes look at like Graffiti Kingdom and they're like yeah there's a Rakugaki mobile game and it's like why is there a Rakugaki Graffiti Kingdom mobile game like, like this, this franchise must have more bearing in Japan because like in the U.S. there's no reason to release this <laughs> so so but like I don't know it's kind of cool like I'm kind of okay with Shepherd's Crossing just showing back up and being like yo coming out on switch november (laughs) so so thank you shepherds crossing anyways that's it for this week thanks for coming onecontroller.com is the website um, like I said, for the Patreon, we got the Nier Automata review uh, review article rating that I did. So if you want to go listen to me read that and be very harsh on myself about what I said about that game, but then also ultimately agree with myself about the game. Still, there you go. Um, last week we had the pickups video that came out on the uh, the, the website. So if you are interested in uh, seeing some games I picked up, at this point is actually like two months ago. It is an older video that kept getting pushed back um but you know i sit there and go through all the manuals and stuff let me know like your thoughts on if if you watch those pickup videos let me know your thoughts on like how important is seeing the physical package versus seeing the game because the tension i have is that i could do a stream where i play those games it's a lot harder to show off the packaging on stream um or I can just show up the packaging like as is and maybe we can do like follow up streams that are like, hey, let's let's if, if there's anything that caught your interest in there, let's let's play those games. Let me know if you watch those and if you have any preference on those things, because I just kind of don't know what to do. I don't know what's more important. I think there's like some value in like really digging deep in those manuals. Um, although they're like hour long videos every time. So I don't know how many people actually like sitting through those. I enjoy doing them at least. <laughs> but but yeah, so uh, that came out last week. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got to try to get something done for the week after. I'll let you know how that goes. Worst case scenario, I think I'll end up with like at least a Wii commercial video. Um, I generally just don't want to do that. but Again, I just don't think I'm going to get that Xenoway Chronicles video done. So um, I'll try to see if the Doraemon video makes more sense in the short term. If I can get that done, put that out, and then we can go to Xenoway Chronicles after that. So we will try to do that thing. Do that thing. Hey, if you're listening to my voice... Through your podcast headphone audio, um, you can watch me on YouTube where you see t- this week I was a tiny head on a cake. Um, usually it's not, I don't know, not like this is a, a high effort thing either, but you can see me, you can see my face talking <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> um, and if you listen to the YouTube version, you prefer to hear me just blast mouth noises into your ears go to anchor.fm really any most major project podcast platform should have my podcast on it but if you can't find it on your platform if you can go to anchor.fm you can find it on other platforms if you want um and do that uh, otherwise we finished up one piece unlimited adventure last week i get the casual review or not casual review, community review that i gotta edit and put together and put up for that i'm not sure when that's gonna go out yet but i need to edit it and do it um and then also um I'm going to take a strong guess. I'm not fully committed, but I think we're just going to go right into Appletail. I was like, had a moment where I was like, we need to go like in between, like usually when we finish the game, we go to like a small in between game. And I thought about it. And then, uh, Mr. T said to Blob, but like Bob's like eight hours but then i was like we only did two streams for one piece unlimited adventure for like the follow-up after disney enchanted prince I was like it's probably fine we can just move on to the next big game and leave it on that, and, and, and Apple that and Apple Tail is not that Tail it's not that long it's like 10 hours Something like we'll, we'll get through it in like less than a month or a month-ish um so i i might just probably i'm gonna take good guess we'll be playing Apple Tail thursday 7 p.m pacific time that's the plan um so please look forward to that if you're into it. It is a very cutesy 3D platformer on the Dreamcast. If you like, like the visual disguise for Arcadia, um, I think it looks very much like that in some ways in terms of like, expressiveness and things like that if you want to go in that regard. Um, so uh, yeah. And we're playing the fan translated version of it, so, um, I know Kargadin worked on it, um, I can't remember the other names, I'll need to look up the names, I, I, did ask Kargadin for, like, a list of names, I generally, like, if we do fan translations, I generally want to credit people, because, hey, they did a lot of work for free, and that's, like, f- good on them, man, like, holy crap, good, good on you, man, so, you should get credited, so, anyways, I'm gonna stop talking, thank you again for coming, com is the website, patreon.com, you can find me as well, and... You can also go to the YouTube channel if you want. hope you guys have a great week. Bye!